So if you guys remember, um, if you were here last week or you were on the live stream, uh, we are going through Judges 6. So Judges chapter 6, and we have been introduced to Gideon, okay? Now, if you guys have ever been in church before, you'll be familiar with Gideon. Uh, I, I don't mean like you visited one time before, but I mean like if you, you know, listened to Bible stories or there were Bible stories at some point, you went to Sunday school, something. Gideon is, is one of those characters that they throw in there um, because of how mighty uh, the Lord moved for Gideon. And I think Gideon, like I was saying last week, Gideon is one of these guys that we can identify with. Um, not because of ethnicity, not because uh, he likes the same type of style clothing as I did, but because of the way he conducts himself with the Lord. And um, so we're going to see that Gideon starts asking the Lord questions. And like I said last week, it's okay to ask the Lord questions, right? The Lord doesn't say, listen, I rule, shut your mouth, don't say anything, I don't want to hear it, all right? I know plenty of people that run things like that, okay? They're CEOs of companies or, you know, people in charge of large corporations. They're, they're like, listen, you don't know anything. Don't talk to me. <laughs> you need, if you want something, put it in the uh, no complaints department and we'll throw it away, okay? So, but the Lord is not like that at all. The Lord's like, if you have questions, I don't know if, if you guys uh, know the story of Job. You know the story of Job? I love that, that those last chapters of Job, right? Because Job the whole time is crying out to the Lord and he wants an audience with the Lord. And guess what? He gets his audience, right? And then Job says something that happened to me and happens to all of us, right? I know about God, right? I grew up in a household where my mother was teaching about the Lord, about Jesus Christ. I knew about him. Right? If you left my house and you didn't know about the Lord, you were not paying attention at all. Right? Uh, there were pictures. It's probably what, what my dad didn't like. He's like, man, I hate Jesus, and I'm in this house, and there's so much Jesus in this house. Like, right? So when you, when you grow up like that, you know about God. You have heard about God. And that's why I love what Job says. He says, for my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you and I repent in dust and ashes, right? So when you're little, you know about Jesus, all these things. But as you get older and you get to know Jesus and you read his word and you experience him, you're like, I repent of who I am. I am so sorry, I thought I knew things, and now I know I know nothing. I know nothing. You know, we're like Daniel when, when the, the messenger of the Lord comes to Daniel, and it says, Daniel says, I, he fell on the ground as if he was a dead man. He, the glory was just too much, and he just fell on the ground like a dead man. And it says, the strength inside me was as corruption. So the, the strength he had inside of him, himself, the human strength was like nothing. It was like junk. And it took for that messenger to touch him and revive him and tell him, stand up, Daniel. And he gave him godly strength, right? So Gideon and all of us, we come to the Lord and the Lord tells us something 
And sometimes we have questions, and the Lord's okay with our questions, okay? He's okay with our questions. Sometimes he lets us ask our questions, and he's silent, right? And he's going to show us. And it may take a little while for us to see, but later on we see and we say, oh, that's why you allowed that. Sometimes the Lord, uh, a lot of times the Lord's not in a hurry, right? I read this book called God's Not in a Hurry. Who's in a hurry, right? You and me, right? We're like, Lord, I want to know your will. And you got about 29 seconds because on the 30th second, I'm out, all right? That's how we are, right? God, I want to know your will right now. Tell me. All these things in my life, they're, they're shaking. Everything's falling apart. Tell me. Talk to me. And the Lord's like, I'll talk to you. Oh, on my timing, I'm going to talk to you, right? On my timing. He wants us to be those that Jesus said, you know, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And then the Lord tells them a story about not increased faith, but persistent faith, a faith that keeps knocking, right? He's like, no, no, you don't need more faith. You need to use the little mustard seed faith that you have now. Be faithful with what I've given you now. Lord, but I knocked once. The people that knock once, they work for Amazon, right? <laughs> Come on. How many of you guys have missed an Amazon delivery because it's like this? <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, did somebody just knock on the door, or did they trip into it? What happened? Like, and you go out there, and there's just a package thrown in the rain. <laughs> this isn't my public um, complaint. I'm just saying... I'm not complaining. It's just the way they work. <laughs> All right? so, so, but, you know, some of us are like that. Jesus is like, those that knock, the door will be open. We have to be, when we are asking the Lord a question, like I said last week, when we're asking the Lord a question, we have to be standing around for the answer, and we have to be persistent about it, right? We have to be persistent about it. And there's a certain way that we have to come around about it, okay? A lot of times, lots of us view, including me in the past, I viewed the things that happened in my life was partially God's fault, right? It's your fault, God. It's your fault. You are to blame, God. You're to blame. You know, I would sit there and say, and I had it in my heart. I would never say it out loud, right? Like I said last week, a lot of times we think things, we hold things in our hearts, but we'd never say it, right? We'd never say, I don't think God's going to be good to me, right? <sighs> don't say that. Shh, somebody might hear you. But we hold it in our hearts. And I remember the day the Lord confronted me about me thinking lots of things in my life were his fault because he did it to me. He allowed it. And he said, yes, I do allow things. I do allow things, but I allow those things to build you up. I allow those things because I want you to be blessed. 
highly favored. C.S. Lewis says something. He says, hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. Hey, guys, you know what we're told? That the prophets were just like us. They were ordinary people. What was the difference? They endured hardship, and they believed their God. Right? That's what sets us apart from them. Sometimes we're sitting there, and we're living a defeated life, and we're like, God, why? But instead, God's like, you don't need to be asking me why. You need to be asking me to walk with you. Right? Lord, I know you're with me. Protect me, surround me, be with me, make my way. Lord, work all things for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose, as you say in your word. Lord, you have a future for me. That's what your word says. I believe it. I believe it. So let's um, jump in. Gideon is standing there. Then it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at uh, Ophrah, this is verse 11. We're going to skip ahead a little bit more because we're actually at verse 13. But I'm just, um, I'm just like bringing you there so that, you know, I stir up your memories of what we were talking about last week. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And a lot of times when we see the angel of the Lord, some scholars believe or, or a good amount of scholars believe that are Bible-believing scholars, they believe that that is probably the pre-incarnate Christ, when it says the angel of the Lord, right? So, so if you think about it, Jesus, before he is uh, the word become flesh, comes down. We also believe that he's the one that met up with Joshua in, in the book before this. And uh, it says there was a, a, the angel of the Lord was standing there, the captain of God's armies was standing there. And Joshua walks up to him. And he says, uh, you a friend or a foe? And he says, I'm, I'm with neither team. I'm with the Lord. So then Joshua quickly says, oh, okay, cool. I'm with you then. <laughs> Which is the right thing to do. So we see here that the angel of the Lord comes. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And we talked about the mighty hero part, right? We were saying, hey, listen, we may not view ourselves the way God views us. In fact, I'm pretty sure none of us view ourselves the way God views us. Because it says in his word that God makes all things beautiful, right? How many of you guys look into the mirror and say, God made me beautiful? Anybody here? No? I didn't think so. Most of you look in the mirror and be like, ooh, got a spot there. Hmm, okay. Maybe if I have like some facial kind of like surgery, I might be able to look like Brad Pitt, you know, or something like that. Well, I could look like Denzel. <laughs> yeah. That's most of the time what we're doing when we look in the mirror. We're kind of looking at the pieces we don't like. Ooh, I wish I looked like that person in the magazine that was digitally altered. <laughs> yeah. And they have like tons of caked on makeup. You know, by the time they 
you know, wow, that person looks good. They take the makeup off. They look like Gollum from, <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. Wow. <laughs> you know? You got to see behind the scenes, man. <laughs> Little peak. <laughs> Hollywood peak. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so then, so we handled that. Mighty hero. That's what the Lord saw him as if he was to take on the Lord and trust him and move forward. He was a mighty hero with the Lord. Not by himself. By himself, we see where he is. He's at the bottom of a wine, uh, at, at the bottom of, uh, where does it say? He's at the bottom of a wine press or whatever, and he's like trying to get some, some grain ready for him to eat, hiding out. He's hiding out. How many mighty heroes do you see hiding under the bed? I don't know. Not many. I looked underneath my bed, and there ain't no heroes down there, right? So the Lord sees him differently, and he knows that he can be different with, with the Lord's help, right? With the Lord's power upon him. He wants to give him his spirit, and he knows that he can be different. And then the next part, he says, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. Now, this is the part that Gideon refutes, right? This is the part where Gideon begins to ask questions. This is the part where Gideon is like you and me, right? The Lord is with you. And then Gideon says, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us, right? It's like that question we hear all the time. Listen, if God is real, then why is there evil in the world? And we have to be careful that we are asking a question, waiting for an answer, and we're not just questioning to undermine so that we could continue to walk in our sin, right? That's a lot of the questions we get. Right? When you're talking to somebody about the Lord, man, they're thinking of every single question that they could use to excuse themselves from this conversation and from the existence of God so that they could just continue in their sin. But the Lord wants us to ask genuine questions. He wants us to ask genuine questions. Lord, why? Why? And then he wants us to wait and keep knocking and stay there with him. Just because I ask him a question doesn't mean I'm running off somewhere else. I'm there because I want to be strengthened. I want to understand so that I can continue to walk with him in strength. That's why I'm asking the question, right? So Gideon's like, hey, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Can you guys identify with that? Can you guys look at that and say, you know what? I've at least felt like that in my life one time or another. Where the Lord's like, man, I got plans for you. And you're like, what plans? <laughs> what plans? Come on, bro. I'm living in the dirt. <laughs> the Lord's like, hey, man, I want to be good to you. Well, why don't we begin today? <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> Lord's like, man, you are loved. By who? 
And sometimes it takes for us that when we um, have that situation around us, like I look at it like you're running and then all of a sudden you get pushed over. When I'm running and I get pushed over, I stand up and I start looking at my surroundings. First question is, who pushed me? Second question is, why did they push me? Third question is, what's going on around here? Right? I start thinking, did I, did I do something that I got pushed? Um, did I, was I not stepping where I was supposed to be? What are the reasons? What's going on? So I find that when hardship begins happening in my life, I can take a second, step back, and instead of reacting and going crazy and swinging my fists at the air, I could say, okay, hold on. What's going on? And I, it gives me a chance to assess around me. Okay, there's bad things happening in my life. Am I doing wrong things? Let me check that. Right? So I check myself first. That's the easiest place to check. You check yourself. You do as the scripture says, Lord, search my heart. Show any offensive way in me. Lord, maybe, I, maybe I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Right? Sometimes you get pushed. Sometimes you, you fall down because you happen to be in a back alley where you shouldn't be. Right? You, you're going on a path. You're not following the Lord's will. And the Lord's like, no, don't go there. Brother, sister, don't go there. Right? So it takes for you to assess, to realign. The other thing is if there are hardships happening, like so Gideon is pretty much saying like, I don't know if God really even cares. I don't know that, right? That's what he's asking the angel of the Lord. He doesn't actually know this is the angel of the Lord. We could kind of put that together. He just sees a guy sitting under a tree. The guy starts talking to him. And the guy gives him his like little blessing. Hey, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And he's just like, listen, dude, you don't know me. <laughs> Lord ain't with me. <laughs> I mean, if, if he is, I can't see him down here in the, in the wine press, <laughs> you know. And sometimes we get like that. We get really cynical about the Lord. Like somebody's coming and they're saying, hey, listen, remember, the Lord is with you. And you're like, where? And I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying that so that you understand these emotions happen. And when those emotions happen, nowadays I try to say, you know what? I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be there. I know who the Lord is. I know he's good. I know he's kind. I can't see it right now, but I trust him. I trust him because I know that I don't have eternal vision like he does. I can't see past my own nose half the time. Like people are like, what do you think about the political climate? Man, I don't even know about my house. <laughs> you asking me about them dudes out there clowning around? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about? Don't ask me those questions. I'm still trying to work on my water pipes over here. <laughs> you know, like, or whatever. So sometimes we act like, hey, man, we know lots of stuff. But if we're really real with ourselves, we need to say, the Lord knows I don't. And then we have to assess, do I trust him? Do I trust his word? Do I trust what he has said? Do I trust what he's done for me in the past at times? The other thing that we find is um, Israel had turned away, right? So Gideon is saying, where's God? And God's saying, no, no, the real question is, where's Israel? 
where are you guys? Because I've been out here trying to bless you, and you're not there. You're not with me. So that's what we're trying, we assess in ourselves. Am I with the Lord right now? Or am I chasing my own things like Israel was? Am I chasing what I want instead of what the Lord wants? Even in my own heart. Guys, I'll tell you right now, you'd be hard pressed to find a portion in my life where I was not going to church or I wasn't honoring the Lord on the outside, right? But there were times in my life where my heart was far away from the Lord. And the Lord had to come talk to me about those times and say, where's your heart right now? Where are you laying your treasures? Right? And it was my little brother who said to me, Dave, and it wasn't, he didn't come to me because like, Dave, I could see your heart's right. No, one day he was just studying God's word and he was saying to me, Dave, you know what? What I'm figuring out is like the Lord doesn't really care what I look like on the outside. He cares about my, and this is, this is the term he used, he cares about my heart's posture. Heart's posture, what are you talking about, you little fool? My heart's always in here pumping blood. <laughs> Man, you don't know biology at all, bro. <laughs> heart's posture. Look, 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 look at this guy, right? And he's like, no, no. Your heart's posture. Is your heart standing up to the Lord in defiance? Or is your heart bowing low in humility and saying, you are God. You are God. And I took that on, you know, probably 20-something years ago he said that to me. And I thought, right on, man. I'm with you. My heart's posture. What's my heart looking like before the Lord? Is my heart saying, man, I don't believe you. I've got my own things to do. Or is my heart saying, Lord, am I echoing what it says in 1 Peter, Right? where it says in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 7, where it says, humble yourself. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I need as much grace as I could get. So that tip right there really helps me out. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Oh, okay, I'm going to be humble because I want grace, right? I don't want to be opposed by the Lord. I mean, I'd rather be opposed by a country than the Lord. You know, if you really get down to it, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. So it tells us like what we learned in, in the book of Joshua, right? Where the Lord told Joshua, Joshua, you be obedient to me, and I will make your name great. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. Let him do the lifting up. Let him do the, the hard work. You be obedient to the Lord. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Right? So we could find comfort in that. But the other thing that we find is something that happened in Israel a lot. And it happens in our lives a lot. Right? Sometimes we look around and we realize I'm not actually the first person in sin, right? Oh, it's not me sinning, but there's sin in the camp. What do I mean by that? Do you remember when Israel had problems 
taking over a city, and then Joshua goes and he cries out before the Lord and he doesn't know what's going on. And the Lord says to him, Joshua, stand up. There is sin in the camp. The community, there's sin in the community. Daniel knew the same thing. Daniel prays before the Lord. And Daniel, if you read the book of Daniel, you will never find an instance in the book of Daniel where Daniel failed. You will never find a reference in the rest of the Bible where Daniel failed, right? But you see Daniel's prayer to the Lord. He's repenting and confessing sin. And he's saying, Lord, we have failed. Your people, including me, have failed you. That's the prayer of a righteous person. We don't say, well, Lord, all them people over there, they failed, but you know me, bro. I don't be failing, Lord. I'm good. Jesus tells us a story about that, right? He says there was a Pharisee, and he stood at the front in the temple, and he's saying, Lord, thank you that you made me me. Glory, glory, I ain't got no problems. <laughs> I don't even sin, not like that guy back there, that sinner over there. And he says, and then that tax collector that the Pharisee pointed out was sitting in the back and say, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Who do you think the Lord accepted? That's what Jesus asks. Wasn't the guy in the front pointing out to the sinner? It was the tax collector that he accepted. The one that recognized like we see in 1 John where it says, if I say I have no sin, I'm a liar. And I'm making God out to be a liar. And then he tells us later on, if you do have sin, which we do, because John just put us straight and he said, we all have sinned. And if we say we have no sin, we're just straight up liars walking around. So you need to repent of that, right? And he says, you go to Jesus, you confess your sins, and he scrubs you clean. You are 100% clean in front of him. Does it mean that you never sinned before? No, he has excused you. He's justified you. You could remember this. Justification is like saying, just as if I had never done it. Justified. So he justifies us. He erases our wrongs and he looks at us like Christ who didn't sin, right? So others may have turned away. Others may have caused problems in our lives or whatever. So what do we do? We pray for them and we pray for ourselves in there too, like Daniel like Solomon, like those that prayed great prayers before the Lord, we say, hey, I've, we've all failed, Lord. We have all failed. I'm not just going to point out, yeah, yeah, that community over there, they failed, Lord. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with them, you know? But we also know that the Lord uses opposition and hardship to give us an opportunity to trust him and to strengthen our faith, right? To say, Lord... I don't know what's going on right now, but I trust you. Not like this, I'm trusting you. You better come through, man. <laughs> I'm trusting you. You better not let me down. No, not like that. Saying, I know you won't let me down. I trust you. 
You're with me. The prayer of trust and obedience. But a lot of times with us, and I talked about this last week, a lot of times when opposition and hardship comes, where do we run to? Israel, it says Israel ran, ran to idols, right? When hardship started coming or even when good times came, they were just like very, very prone to go to worship other things, like fun things. So when we need to call on the Lord, sometimes we don't. I throw me in there too. We were told this week uh, that there's a, a certain uh, teacher that says, hey, we should never use we, we should say you, right, as preachers. I throw myself in there, okay, because I don't want you to ever think that I'm perfect. I'm only perfect when I'm sleeping, okay? I'm perfectly asleep, right? Like, if you think I'm perfect, go talk to my wife. She will be very gracious, but she'll let you know I fail. You talk to my mother. She's right in the back. She'll tell you, hey, man, Dave has failed, okay? He's failed big time. Talk to any of my brothers. They'll be honest with you. They'll be gracious, but they'll be honest. Dave has messed up, right? So I don't want to sit here and try to uh, peddle you a lie that says, well, you know, Back in 1989, when I stopped sinning, you know, now I float three inches off the ground because of my holiness. Um, that, that's a lie, all right? I also am human. I have been called and anointed to do a work, and it's only by his power that I can do this work, and I still fail, and I still have to run to him and repent and confess and continue to walk in the light as he is in the light. Okay, so when, when I say we, I mean we. When I teach the word, I'm also taking in that word because I need to fix my life. I need to keep walking with Jesus. I need to, to stay, you know, working out my faith and walking with him. So when opposition and hardships come, who do we run to? And I don't mean... Like uh, physically, you know, you don't see me just take off and I go to a, a different uh, religion, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm talking about who do I run to in my heart, right? Do I run to, uh, who do I worship? Do I run to uh, the news? Do I run to social media? Do I run to friends? Do I run to things that we know that are wrong? Do I run to addictions? Uh, do I run to drugs? Do I run to alcohol? Do I run to pornography? Do I run to all of these things that are there calling out to me saying, we'll bring you comfort. Come to us. You know, and they have their big billboards out. Or do I say, I will find my comfort in the Lord. My God. The one who is my fortress in my high tower the one who keeps me safe. I'm with you, Percy. <clears throat> if the Lord was with us, why, pretty much why, has he abandoned us, right? So Gideon is saying, it's God's fault. It's God's fault. 
all these hardships that are happening, it's because he isn't showing up. It's because he does not care. It's because my hardships are happening. I, I did this one time, you know, when I first became pastor, um, I was actually hospitalized for a little while. It, it was strange. It had nothing to do with pastoring. Um, I got like this, um, this cyst in the back of my throat and um, it was uh, painful. I don't know if you, those of you that were around remember that. I, I was in the hospital for like two days, right? And, um, and I remember I was on the phone with this, uh, with this young lady that I normally call. Uh, she wasn't my wife. It was my mama, right? And I'm on the phone with my mama. And my mama says, have you talked to the Lord about this? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to the Lord. Yeah. And she goes, uh, have you asked him why this is going on so that you can be informed, right? And I said, yeah, I, I know why I'm in here. There was something happening in church at the time, and some of the church people were fighting each other, right? They were ang angry at each other. And I kept stepping in the middle and saying, guys, we shouldn't be arguing like this. But the Lord showed me that in my own heart, anger was rising towards both of them fighting. And the Lord was reminding me of Moses when he was mad at Israel. And then he went down there in his anger and he smacked up the rock. Right? And then he said to them, you rebels. Right? Which actually, if you look at it, you're like, yeah, I'm with you, Moses. Bunch of stinking rebels, man. I would have been kicking people in the head. <laughs> he hit a rock. <laughs> I would have taken that staff and whooped people. <laughs> Good thing I'm not Moses, man. The Lord would have been like, I have 9,000 transgressions today against you. <laughs> so I'm trying, Lord. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you trying to sin. <laughs> right? What did the Lord say to Moses? You cannot enter the promised land, Moses. Because you misrepresented me. And the Lord was warning me. He gave me a little time out. <laughs> and he spoke to me as I laid in that bed. And he said, I don't want you to get to the place where you're misrepresenting me. Your anger is rising towards these two people. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right? And I needed to have grace on them. And the staff so that I could hit them. No, I'm kidding. No, no. No, but the Lord had me. I needed to forgive them in my heart. And I needed to say, Lord, you're right. I, I, I'm getting angry and it's affecting every area of my life. Right? You're at home. You're making a sandwich. You know, Claire's like to me, like, are you doing okay? I'm fine. <laughs> so I'm making a sandwich. <laughs> Everybody on my back. <laughs> and she's like, you Okay. <laughs> I told you I'm fine. Now, where's the salami? <laughs> you know, like, right? It starts affecting other things. You know, the first people that know are the people that love us and are always around us. They're, are you okay? I told you I'm fine. Now, I'm going to be in my bedroom. You could come get me on Tuesday. <laughs> and we don't want to get to those places. We want to be right before the Lord. We want to be right with his people. If there are offenses, we want, to, we want to forgive them. Forgive the offenses. And it's not God's fault, right? 
David, not this David, King David, he's the one that highlighted this for me. One day I'm reading in scripture, I'm reading Psalm 51, right? And he's talking about how he feels crushed. All these things have gone on. He's, he's uh, admitting his sin. And then he says, Lord, Lord, your judgment against me is just. You are blameless. You are blameless. And I had to take on this view that God is not at fault. So if there's a problem in my life, God's the one I run to, but I don't run to him because I want to sit there and, and play the blame game with him. I run to him and I say, you are blameless. All of your decrees are good. Everything you make is beautiful and perfect. Sin messes things up, and I have sin, and I mess things up, and all other people mess things up, Lord. Lord, help me. You are the righteous judge. Judge rightly for me, as you always do. You are blameless. And I found that as I took that attitude on, my relationship with the Lord has always been a lot better. I can turn to him, and instead of me being angry with him, I turn to him and I say, I don't know what's going on, but I know you do. Help me. And I can look at him as someone that is actually my helper, my, my friend, somebody that doesn't just love me, he likes me. Guys, think about that. God actually likes you. That's crazy, right? Because I don't even like you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but think about it. Think about it. Like sometimes we're like, yeah, God tolerates me, right? And if I'm, I'm like super holy and I'm like super righteous, then I'm good before him, right? No. God likes you even when you, you're a mess up. He likes you. He likes the way he made you. He likes those, you know, like your really bad jokes and stuff. Like, like he's, he wants to hang out with you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to tell him about his life. He already knows everything about, his, about your life, but he wants you to speak about it. He wants you to know that he loves you and that you can trust him. You can talk to him. And I, you know, I, I don't know who I was telling this, but I said, Claire's gotten used to hearing me talking in empty rooms, right? And it's not because I'm nuts. I'm not talking to the wall. I'm talking to Jesus. I audibly talk to Jesus out loud. I have to be careful because, you know, if I'm walking through the crowd, I'm like, Lord, you got to help me, you know, and people are like, this brother better be on some like Bluetooth wireless stuff going on here. This guy talking to himself in the Aldi. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, show me which, which um, cider vinegar to get. No. <laughs> no, but I'm actually talking to him, right? Because when we first got married, Claire would come into the room and say, who are you talking to? And then I'd be like, who was talking? You hearing voices? <laughs> Come on. No, no. No, I, I, I would say, oh, I'm sorry. I was praying out loud. I was just talking to Jesus. I'm sorry. You know? 
And she's like, no, no, don't be sorry. I, I was just wondering who you were talking to. You're in there having an anim animated conversation. <laughs> so with, with yourself. So she's like, I married this American, and um, he's crazier than I thought. <laughs> you know, we can trust him. We can talk to him. Man, you having problems right now? Talk to him. Trust him. He knows. He knows why. He's strengthening you. He wants to say to you, mighty hero, the Lord is with you, right? The Lord is with you. So Gideon had questions too. Next week, we're going to handle his second question, right? Gideon's just like us, answers one question. I, I have another one. <laughs> and then the Lord answers that one, and you're like, okay, this leads us to the third question. <laughs> and then he answers that one, and then we're like, just one more question <laughs> before you go, <laughs> right? And the Lord is good with that. I said last week, remember, the Lord says, come, let us reason together. You know what reasoning is? Working out the kinks and the problems, right? Just recently, I was, uh, I was hooking up like a plumbing, uh, plumbing line for a brewery, right? It, it, don't worry, it's not alcohol. Don't want everybody to come to my house and looking for alcohol. It, it's to make iced tea, right? So Juan and I and Tom are trying to, we've made our brewery, right, to make iced tea. And um, sometimes we have to reason through it. Why is it getting stuck in the line at this point? And you reason through it. You don't, it's not like I sit there and just take guesses. I bring my brain and I say, so what I know of mechanics, why is this not working? Why are we getting a stop up right here in the pipe? What, what is going on, right? So the Lord says to us, come, let us reason together. Talk to me. I will talk with you. And the main way he speaks to us is through his word, through the Bible. And if I, can, if I can drill that into your head today, listen, if you are not reading God's word, try to read it daily, honestly. Like, like guys, the, the main miracle I see in my life is the guy you see here today is not the guy of 30 years ago. Not that guy. Do you know what changed me? God's word and God just sitting and talking to him, reading his word, understanding, believing what he's saying. And I've told you before, I am not a reader. I am not like Dr. Matt Tabanor. He'll come here and show us a couple books. And I'm like, whoo, that's a lot of reading, bro. <laughs> all right, I'll try it out. <laughs> I've tried it out. I fall off that bicycle all the time. <laughs> but you know what I do read? I read God's word. I read his word. And I try to read it daily. That's why we do the Bible reading plan, to encourage you guys to read God's word daily. Not because I'm like, hey, let's all be educated readers. No, I'm like, God, guys, it changes you. It changes you. I, I watched as my mother would read God's word every day. And I'd be like, man, she does a lot of reading. Right? But then... I started reading God's word. And, and I actually started when I was about my oldest daughter's age. I was about 11 years old when I, I started trying to read God's word every day. I did devotions, but I wanted to just read his word like my mother had taught me. 
just read God's word. And then I would pray and sit before the Lord. I mean, the things that come into the mind of an 11-year-old are wild, right? You're sitting there and you're like, I have no idea what this just said. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm reading, you know, what is going on, man? Demons going into pigs, like what's going on? <laughs> right? But as I've read God's word, his Holy Spirit has brought understanding to me. And then, I, and then he changes me from the inside out. And then as I sit before him, be still and know that he is God. In other words, be still and believe him. Believe what he says in his word. Because his word doesn't return void. It goes out and does the work that he intends for it to do. So read God's word. All right, mighty heroes, read God's word. The Lord is with you. Let's pray. Lord, we need you. Lord, we've, we've got questions, but Lord, I know that you're good to answer. Lord, that we would seek you and seek those answers in your word, that we would seek you in your word. Lord, we need your help. Lord, that there, there are problems, problems have happened in our lives, whether it was inflicted by others or by ourselves or just living in this world, Lord. But Lord, that we would trust you through those hardships and those oppositions, Lord that we would, and through that opposition, that we would hold on to you and say, Lord, I trust you. And that we would meet you as we read your word, as we sit before you quietly, and as we pray. Lord, we need you. We love you. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.